0: Okay, hey, so episode two of P Valley. And man, I love this show. That's all I'ma say. Let's start about Well, let's just start at the beginning. This is to be dead honest with you. Um It is very weird to see this guy getting his I mean just dominated. I was going to say getting his ass beat, but he's, he's not really, per se, that we see. I mean, we assume that. But he's getting dominated by Mercedes in Mississippi. So I'm going to say something right now for the rest of the episodes. You're going to hear me refer to uh, Keyshawn as Keyshawn when we're dealing with her personal stuff. Um, like when she comes in with the baby, that's Keyshawn. But when she's in the club working, that's Miss Mississippi. All right, so there you got that out the way. But let's keep this up about what we're talking about with this room back here. Um, there's a lot that goes down in the pink. Um, and Fantasy Fridays, definitely. Like uh, It took me a minute. I watched this episode several times because I, I, there's little things that I pick up and I see every single time. Here's what I saw. In this particular episode, and I know we're only two episodes in, but if you go back and look at the pink in the other one episode before this... Um, There's not a lot of female patrons in there. I mean, there are some, but not a lot. In this situation, we saw a episode or a moment dominated by female patrons inside the pink. Um, And most of them were dressed up like guys. Not a problem at all. But it's Fantasy Friday, right? So what I picked up from that was they want the tables turned. And that pleasure isn't just for the guys and having a good time just isn't for the guys and now they're in the club. You know, look at the the woman that was uh paying Haley. When Haley was in the VIP and she's like, Yeah, girl, I need you to focus. Yeah. There were also seven several women um throwing up big stacks on the stage when we were walking to the through the club with Uncle Clifford. So I, I kinda peeped that. I could be wrong. It's just my interpretation of, of art. We all have our different interpretations. That was mine at the time, and but I dig it. Um, and speaking of walking through the club with Uncle Clifford, that, that Frida Gallo outfit, I see what they were doing there. Letting us know that this person is gender fluid. Um, at least this is my interpretation of it. Um, definitely a really, really, really good nod. Um, to a legendary artist, number one, but also what some people consider to be a champion for LGBTQ um, before that time. But let's get back to this Fantasy Friday breakdown, what's going on with Corbett in this back room. Um, first of all, we, we're gonna talk in three different ways about this. Haley's trying to be nosy, right? That gets shut down. She's also trying to press Uncle Clifford, To find out what happens in that back room and he said you ain't been here long enough to understand what goes down in that back room so that's uncle clifford and Haley, right now let's talk about corbin in the room because we saw this we were in the room with them right so corbin's in there on a cloud on a cloud booty buck naked bucky naked on a cloud getting whipped beat everything by a naked mississippi in a naked Mercedes, and he's naked too. So I'm like, "Wow, okay." And it's not necessarily that he's naked and getting dominated by them. It's really along the lines of how they're talking to him that got me like, whoa, wait a minute." And it's like he wants to be treated like a slave, especially with the that old <laughs> the language, y'all. Oh my gosh. Oh, Massa caught me with my hand in the cookie jar. Oh no, Massa, don't do that. And I'm like, "Wow." Okay. I mean, some people like certain things. I get it. But um we'll talk about Corbin a little later in the show. But for right now, let's just put a pin in that cuz we're going to come back to why he prefers that treatment in my opinion. Um you you guys know you can always leave me a message and we'll talk about this more in depth, but that's wild. i I definitely thought that was one of the most interesting things I've seen in the show in a long time to be honest with you. In a nutshell, um Haley's still changing in the bathroom in the club, which kind of shows that she's not comfortable being around them. Maybe she thinks she's different than from them. She doesn't feel a sense of closeness to be anything like that, you know, like the rest of the girls there. So she's in the in the back changing. She's also drinking. And we know that she's using that drinking to just mask the idea of what she went through, whatever her trauma is. So that stall was meaningful, being separated from everybody else in there. Yeah, you're a part of the pink, but you're not a part of the pink. The next big thing was (laughs) Uncle Clifford at the window, cashing checks for the migrant workers who were coming in to work for Promised Land. And of course... We really didn't know that until all the checks started saying the same thing on top. Um, Promised Land is the situation all to itself either way around, but uh, shout out to Uncle Clifford how she figured that out um, and was able to kind of put two and two together and ended up using Haley to get the tea. But before we even get that far, we know that Big L and Uncle Clifford are doing some talking and Big L lets Uncle Clifford know like I know you behind and um, <laughs> Uncle Clifford's response to everything is hilarious and I'm I'm laughing because even though I'm not watching the show right now I'm I'm laughing at how he responds my motherfucking mail don't open my motherfucking mail um, I also like the fact and I know I'm getting off subject here but y'all just rock with me for a minute Uncle Clifford has already dropped, like, nicknames for everybody. Like, he doesn't call you by your name, it seems like to me, until he respects you. Because he calls Mercedes Mercedes. But everybody else that's kind of like, you know, not his bottom bitch, <laughs> he calls him whatever he wants. Because he definitely called Haley Summer's Eve, <laughs> you know, all kind of stuff. He calls her Summer's Eve, not Autumn Nights, Summer's Eve, um... You know, he calls Toy all kind of stuff. You know, Toy's a stink stripper that always be taking dumps in the bathroom or whatever. And everybody can't stand her. He calls her several things as well. So I just peep that like, you know, when you you're important, you go by your name. But when you just anybody or just, you know, a regular old person in the club, he'll call you whatever he wants to call you at the time. Um, but so far, he's never called Big L anything other than Big L. Same for Diamond. But this this money situation is bigger than that. Right. Because we saw in episode one, if you remember talking about it, he was in there trying to cash his check. Or excuse me. He's trying to pay back some of the loans he had at the payday loan place. And they wouldn't even take a check from him. They would not take a check from Uncle Clifford because his checks have bounced. And now he's got mail coming in saying he's, oh, you know, behind a certain amount of money. And Big L was like, how are we going to, you know, function? And he's like, don't you worry about that. You know, we'll be going to make ends meet. So, once again, I see Uncle Clifford, a part of who he is, is that he always takes care of things. He really does. He always takes care of things. Um, And he doesn't put that on anyone else's shoulders but his own. Immediately after that, we hear Big L say, hey, I just know I got two charges, man. I can't go anywhere else, so please handle that. So, when we talked about Uncle Clifford putting everything on his own shoulders, sometimes what he puts on his own shoulders was other people's problems, other people's issues. And and I think that scene was important because as soon as he dealt with that, Uncle Clifford walked out and went to the car and he needed a moment to himself. He went in the car, he let his hair down, so to speak. And as soon as he started, you know, going into the car and, and about to break down over the past due notice of $55,000 128 bucks or something. Um, And he opened that glove compartment, y'all, and all the past due stuff started coming out. You realize that glove compartment was metaphorical to him trying to push things into a closet. You know what I'm saying? And and no matter how much you push in the closet, it's still do. You still got to deal with it. And I, I thought that was a, a really good scene because just being an adult period, y'all, we push stuff in the closet all the time. Like, I'll get to it later. And even if we don't get to it later, the problem's still there. So I thought that was really good, Um, (laughs) and I also like the fact that how uh, Little Murder popped up in the car because that's life, and I'm I'm doing some comparisons here, but when he pops up in the car, like, Uncle Clifford is trying to deal with other problems, and here's something else literally popping up behind you and surprising you, and I thought thought Little Murder was going to come with some hands for, you know, Uncle Clifford not playing a song in the club, especially when he uh, paid him to do so. But it's... It's not that. It's it's more along the lines of a little flashback of what kind of happened in that back room that we didn't see. And they have their exchange pretty much talking about how big his stuff is and and he knows Uncle Clifford kind of likes him and he likes Uncle Clifford. Which now... Like we talked about in the last episode, y'all, I'm getting off track here. Just rock with me. I know I'm all over the place. This was a good one. In the last episode, remember, we talked about perpetrating and that little murder was perpetrating that he was straight, but he's gay or at least by don't know. But he had the nerve to call his friend. A homophobic slur in the parking lot and, and get other men to laugh at him. Y'all, I'm telling you right now, that's torment. That man can't be who he wants to be, pretty much. So with him not being able to be who he wants to be, he's he's a little murder for everybody. But he's whoever else for everybody else or for himself. That episode really gave us a little bit of, well, not episode, that a little moment within this episode gave us insight into the differences between those two characters between little murder perpetrating trying to fake it and uh uncle clifford owning what he, he or she is gender fluid so I'm, I'm sorry if i keep swapping pronouns i'm still getting with this so my bad um i like what they did with mercedes they, they definitely let us know that mercedes is a, a hood queen you know what i'm saying and i don't mean that like from a ghetto perspective i mean she is the queen of her neighborhood Um, She's freely walking around the neighborhood, you know, jogging with her dog. You know, everybody's smiling and waving to her. So she's she's adored by the public. Essentially, she's. Neighborhood famous, you know, but she's also not bothered. Um, There's a lot of colors throughout this episode, but I noticed that Mercedes color is yellow. I don't know if you all peep this. I take notes throughout the episode after I go back. So I watch the initial time to see it. Then I go back for detail. I noticed that her car, that Trans Am, Pontiac Trans Am. I love that car, by the way, between that or Camaro. But anyway, I go back. Let me go back. Um, It's yellow and the door to her house is yellow. So the colors are all very important. I know normally we see yellow and it's uh, an indicator. Sometimes it's different, but most times it's an indicator of some kind of insecurity, obsession or a plot twist. Um, I know for like Wes Anderson, the director, his, his favorite color was yellow and he was always mixing yellow. with showed the innocence of the plot with a truly problematic character and feelings. So that's just me. I watch a crap ton of movies and TV, so I peak the colors, you know what I'm saying? Um, but I noticed that the yellow was on the door of her house and only her car. But if you look at what she's been wearing the whole time, even in parts of her house, you don't see that color. So there's there's issues, I think, going on with home. And also how she presents herself to everyone else. That's that car, right? So she rides around in the car. That car is what everybody sees. But I don't know. I'm, we're not going to go too much into psychology of this. But that's, that's just me. So my bad. But pay attention to yellow. I swear it's going to come up. That's just me. I could be wrong. And normally, I'm not. Sometimes I am, but uh, I think that yellow is going to play a a big part in this show. But anyway, we get inside. You notice her house is completely purple. I don't got a color purple thing, you know, whatever, whatever, besides royalty and regalty, you know, what people feel about themselves. But her mama calls her. And before we even know anything else, we just know. I just know right off rip. Patrice. Oh, Woodbine. Lord have mercy. So she's she's telling her, like, yo, I need you to bring this money down to the church. And it sounds like some pimp shit. Not even going to lie to you. Just straight pimp shit. You need I need you to wear this money at, girl. But um, I like the fact that she exalts herself. You know, she puts herself high on a pedestal. And I know some people may not like Patrice. I don't like Patrice either, but I do like the fact that she has plenty of confidence in herself. So it seems because when that young lady walked in and said, Patrice, it's time for your solo. You mean Sister Woodbond? You gonna give her her respect? And um, I, I like the scene with the pastor as well when he came in and he's asking about, you know, giving her a try in the pulpit. Like, okay. And as soon as he does that, he starts talking to her about trying to try her out for the pulpit. And I, of course, I see that he's you know, trying to bait her here with, you know, you bring that money in from your daughter and, you know, we'll push you up in the church. We'll give you a position higher. And he gets close to her. And I, I thought they were about to kiss y'all, but I realized something. He pulled something out of her eyelash. Once again, it's a metaphor for she has something that she wants to attain, you know, something in her eyes, so to speak. Um, it's blocking her view and he takes it out. He, he pulls it out of her eyelash not to block her view. I'm saying on what he wants her to do. He wants her to get this money. She's seeing a pulpit. Let me let me remove this from your eyelash because it's clearly blocking your view. So I'm just interested to see what's going to happen with this church. Um, meanwhile, we have Haley on the phone trying to figure out what's going on with these IDs. She's looking into people. We flashed forward to Andre who's in his office here um, with his camera and he's taking pictures of the pink and, and what's going on at night and everything else so there's a lot going on with these particular scenes um, especially because while we're looking at Haley handle something we're looking at Andre handle something else and I was thinking to myself like why are they jumping back and forth like there's so much going on it's because the picture is going to link them to. Um, Andre keeps looking at this picture of Haley and he removes it from the Presino, uh excuse me, the Promised Land Casino, not the Presino, Um, the Promised Land Casino slideshow. And he puts it off into the gallery. But he looks at that photo for quite a while um, before he does that. Now, speaking of Andre, y'all, there was something that straight set me off <laughs> in this show. And it, it's hard to kind of make me mad, you know, about anything um, to this extent. But when Andre was out there. Taking pictures for uh, Promised Land about the land he was on. And the Kyle brothers came out and told him to pick some cotton. <sighs> you talk about somebody just. <laughs> and it, as soon as it was said, I know what y'all are thinking. Like it, 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 Some of y'all might be like, they didn't mean it like that. Yes, the fuck they did. They meant it exactly the way they said it, alright? So I just want to put that out there. And to me, it shows just how blatant it is. There's a black man standing in a suit on your land taking pictures of the land and you say, pick some. I like the way Andre handled it. Um, He's like, nah, I'm good. And then right away we learn The education level of these brothers, one is very cunning, very smart. The other one is just downright dumb. He says, I I need your John Hancocks and uh, the one on the porch. I don't know what's Wyatt or whatever his name is. He's like, your John Hancocks, what's that? And the other brother said, your signature dummy. And he goes, oh, why did he just say that? Well, he did. He said, I need your John Hancock, which is a common euphemism for a signature. So he said that. You just didn't understand that. So it let me know that there's there's two types here. They're both on the same coin. There's two sides of that coin. It's a racist coin. The <laughs> one's the head who's smart, and the other one's the tail who just lags behind. You know what I'm saying? He's... These two are good. Well, one of them's good. The other one's just straight up. But um, follow me off. As, let me stretch real quick. Ugh. Once again, I'm going stretch. Because I like reaching that stuff, so I I need to stretch before I take this reach. Y'all, is that not the truth about everything, though? There's there's always two types of racist. And this is my experience, but you got the people that will do it dead in front of you, look in your eyes and say, yeah, it's because you're black. So what? They're not the ones that are too smart about it, right? I'm not saying there's a good way to be racist. It's not. But then there are the other ones that don't make it obvious. It's, it's kind of you got to read between the lines. By the time you get done reading between the lines, it's already done. And then you realize and you're like, damn, they snuck that racism in there on me. That's these two brothers right here. And that one who came down the porch um, steps and told him to pick some cotton. That was real subliminal. And then how he described it, well, most people come here and they're just fascinated by it. So they want to pick some. No, you know, there's one thing you don't tell a black man in America is to pick some cotton. You better pick another line and come up with another way to say something. But that was very not subliminal. It was subliminal, but it was very outright. Anyway, all right, we're going to go back to this. These bros are wanting to sell the land, right? But they need Corbin's signature. And Corbin ain't giving up that signature. When we sit down with him and Andre and and they're talking about it, Corbin's saying, you know, these boys got everything. Their daddy loved them. I got what was left over. I got the land that my ancestors and my mom worked anyway, which I thought that was kind of poetic. Like they got everything like the guns and the money. Corbin didn't get the house. Corbin got the land that his people worked, the same land that the bro the brothers told Andre to go pick the cotton on. I think that's really significant. And what's even more significant about this deal is that the Kyle brothers are getting a significantly higher value for the land than everyone else. However, the land that they need more than they need the Kyle or brothers land is the land that the pink sits on. Y'all find it kind of interesting that the the pink isn't getting nearly as high a value of land, even though it's more necessary, it's needed more than that, that Kyle farm. So, they need their brother's signature, and of course they tell Andre where to find him at. They say, you can find Andre over there. And they point to the sign at the pink, and they saying you know, he's blowing his, Blowing daddy's money on Jameson and, and pussy. It is what it is. So Andre knows where he needs to go talk to Corbin at, which is where we found Corbin at the beginning of the episode. We got to go back and touch on Mercedes. Um, I love some Mercedes. I really do. At least at least right now. Let me say that. I have a, a problem with falling in love with characters. They only turn out to be evil later. I kind of sense that with Haley right now. So I'm, I'm withholding that on her. Um, But remember, she was outside with her Chukalisa challenges and it's it's too hot to practice outside, the girls told her. And that's when she introduced them to the idea that, hey, we're going to start practicing inside this gym, our gym. Right. And as soon as she tells them that, once again, she is kind of pushed back by this car that rolls up that happens to be yellow. I don't know why I keep noticing this yellow. I'm just telling you, it's it's yellow. A yellow car rolls up, um, and pretty much they just disrespect her in front of her girls. And everybody knows that she's a stripper, but the parents don't like this, especially not Shell. That money for the gym, that's definitely coming from Patrice. Um, And the church, what it looks like, they're going to be putting their money in a pot together like, hey, I'm going to take this strip of money and I'm going to hand it to you so I can you can put it in the church building fund and it can be a bank account for me, which I can't figure out why she just didn't put it in her own bank account. I really can't. But maybe we'll get some explanation into that later, why you would give the money to somebody else and give them control over your money. But we'll see. We'll see. So the girls are now at the car wash, right? And it looks like pretty much the strip club outside. (laughs) So there's people watching cars all around. There's a VIP area, everything else. Um, Girls are dancing. You know, everybody's holding up signs. And, you know, uh, here comes a black Escalade. And they said, what trap god wants his Escalade detailed? I thought it was going to be a drug dealer or something. But who do we find out it is? The mayor of Chuckalissa, Tydell Ruffin. Who's played by Isaiah Washington? And as soon as I saw him step out, I was like, wow, I haven't seen this dude in forever. However, um, he's an instantly hateable character. You can tell that he's not comfortable with Uncle Clifford and uh, Uncle Clifford's personal choices. Um, it's very evident because as soon as he jumps in that picture with Ty Del Ruffin, you know the other guys kind of separate and go the other ways. And they're looking at Uncle Clifford with disgust like, you know what I'm saying? About that title. Ruffin has passed some legislation that prohibits exposed breast and tequila, which is Uncle Clifford's whole club. (laughs) So pretty much in a nutshell, without doing it, he's trying to shut that down. Um, And, and Cliff lets him know like, yeah, you know, um, I didn't vote for you. And he said, but yeah, your, your customers did. And that's why I'm the mayor of Chuckalissa." And Uncle Clifford says, well, I'm the mayor of Pussy Valley. So right then and there, that makes me think that we're going to see a runoff between these two. Um, I think Uncle Clifford may take a swipe at trying to run for mayor. It would be a good story twist if it did. Um, however, I don't know if you're going to see that. That's just me. I want him to do it. I want him to do it real bad. Um, so they agreed to wash Todd L. Ruffin's car. And here comes Mercedes and Haley. And Haley with her shades on and, you know, just looking like she's too good to wash a car. She's barely doing anything inside the car. She's like rubbing a window with a cloth. And I wrote that down because it was funny because she looked so not interested in washing that car Meanwhile, Mercedes is working hard. She's detailing it. She's out of product and she has to get out of the car to go get some more product. So she leaves Haley in there. And Haley has this very traumatic flashback. and Shit almost made me think I was drowning um, while she's washing the car. They start setting it down and everything else. And yeah, we start to find out a little bit more. There's a baby crying in the background. There's this water going all over the place. She's flashing back to kind of the car being submerged. So I think that night that she was escaping, she was maybe driving the wrong way, hit a deep pocket of water. She lost her child in the car. The child drowned in the car. So, um. Yeah. She's having flashbacks of that. She's trapped inside the car. She opens it up. Water comes all inside of it. Now she's thinking she's drowning and she starts panicking. She comes out of the car screaming and, of course, blames everybody for it. I I can't think, you know, what she went through. I, excuse me. I can't identify what she went through, but we can see clearly it's she's got some PTSD from it. And the first thing that she goes to do is blame somebody else for what happened. But she blames Mercedes, but is she really blaming Mercedes for locking her in the car or is she blaming Mercedes for the whole ordeal itself in which she lost her child? And when Uncle Clifford kind of brings her back to it, she realizes that people are looking at her and she's kind of back into herself and she's back. But I'm wondering are you are you blaming Mercedes for losing your child? Are you blaming someone else for the situation? So now we need to find out more about this guy and and what happened. He gets taken home, right? Y'all know that part if you've seen this show. If you haven't and you're just listening to this podcast to hear what happens to catch up. Haley goes home. She does invite, she does not invite Mercedes in for a cup of red Kool-Aid. And she's down in the laundry room of this place on the internet and she figures out that she's going to go through this Telex company and wire herself some money. And we're like, well, where are you wiring the money from? See the bank account at the bottom. And my first question is, who the hell got $9,000 that you just taking this from? Or why are you wiring yourself money when you can just go get it? You know what I'm saying? So there's that. Um, Something's about to pop off with this money. You're taking it from somebody. You're laundering it from somewhere. And it's always going to come back to get you. That's just what it is. Um, so Mercedes comes back or whatever, and she's definitely hating on her. She's definitely hating on Haley talking about. She's always perpetrating, which if you didn't catch that, that was the last, uh, episodes title perpetrating. And, uh, Haley is perpetrating. She's perpetrating. Like she's, she's bougie and everything else, but she's, I mean, she might be bougie, but she's not living that way. Um, she doesn't have a car. She got their newspaper up as Venetian blondes, as Mercedes like to say. And then, um, Next thing we know, we're walking up to the club with them and Uncle Clifford is getting into a heated argument with the chef who's taking his pots and pans because he can't give him a raise and doesn't have any money. So this is the beginning of, excuse me, for us that we see the money problems for Uncle Clifford. And... He starts going off. He gets a little upset because he's jumping. You know, Mercedes is jumping ship. There's no more Trinity going on. He's got money problems and his 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 moneymaker is getting ready to walk away from the club. Now, I I will say something about Cliff that is dope. He always talks about, you know, making sure to know where the exits are. But does he because you kind of look at this, this ship on fire, the pink is on fire and it's going down essentially and I mean this metaphorically Um, but he fills all the holes in that ship you know what I'm saying with actually subbing in, so he's subbing in now him and Big L are subbing in for the the cook remember there was a time that you know um, they had to sub in for other positions around there uh, check cashing you know they were doing that uh, now he's trying to be in the kitchen and cook and then uh, I think Big L had to put a CD on at one point that he said already like I had to go have Big L put a CD on if Big L was working this Big L's working security at the door Big L's got Oxy um, you know holding it in the back there's always something that they're doing to try and take on some extra positions extra work extra whatever so the chef is gone All right and now Here's Cliff and L in the back <laughs> trying to throw up some fries and some chicken wings and everything everybody else's stuff. And we see Murder come in with a new new beat, and I feel bad for him cuz I want I want little Murder to make it because everybody calls his music trash essentially, right? But he comes in with a really good idea. That y'all should use cannabis oil to fry the wings. That way you can make people throw more cash, buy more drinks, yada, yada, yada. So what I'm learning about Murder is he's a lot more than just a rapper, a, a okay rapper. So he gets in here, he starts chopping up the weed, cannabis or whatever, puts it in with that butter. Next thing you know, he's coating it. He's sauteing it, y'all. We ain't even talking about no, oh, you know, he's burning them. He actually cooked them wings, sauteed them, then baked them in to the crisp in the flavor, You know, um, and they go out and people is enjoying them, especially toy with her gassy ass. She out there dancing and getting wings. And who's the one that's throwing money at toy, the gassy stripper, but it's Corbin. So this is the third black woman that Corbin is having an interaction with inside the club. And he and Andre are talking. And they're talking about that land. So let's talk about this land and how important it is. You think Corbin is a weirdo, but I'm going to tell you this. He's smart. He understands that that land is his legacy. And that's all he has. All the stuff his mama worked in the house doing, all he's got left is that land. His brother's got everything else. So... They're talking about it, and he's saying he's not going to sign that contract to sell the last thing he had. His idea is that he can lease it. That way, it'll always be his, and he can always make money off of it, and that's what he starts pitching to Andre. It's more profitable to him to lease that land than it is to sell it one time and then be gone. That's it. You have nothing now. You have this little bit of lump sum money that's probably going to get taxed anyway, and most of it taken. And Promised Land has everything that your family has worked for. Start seeing these two gentlemen discussing business. And um, at first, Haley's like, I'm going in there. And she gets stopped by Mercedes. She was like, nah, girl, two men in the club ain't here to spend money. They're here to make money. Let them talk their business. Her and Mississippi walk away and leave haley's like okay well you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna walk on in there and see what's going on because you know she knows it, y'all she knows he knows he so she got to figure out what's going on so she goes in there and starts attempting to seduce and in walks mercedes mercedes walks in and of course she's trying to throw herself around like you know you're trying to sip on white liquor or brown liquor and they tell her white which is just oh man that pissed mercedes off y'all don't understand. What you do, if you're watching this show, you know, if you haven't figured this out, Mercedes can't stand a light-skinned hoe. (laughs) She can't stand her. And that light-skinned hoe is Haley. She can't stand that people are actually requesting Haley. Remember, this is not the first time that this happened. So she leaves the room kind of upset, and she's watching through the window as Haley dances. Um, And, you know, in her mind, I already know what she's saying. Mercedes is saying she ain't got to do nothing but sit up there and be light-skinned. You know, she said it before. And that's where we start getting this whole story as we listen to Kyle. Or excuse me, Corbin, Kyle, talk about his story, that he is the son of the maid, right? And that his brothers all want to sell the land because da, da 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 da. And he's not interested in selling that landed casino like we talked about just a second ago he wants it for the long haul he wants the long deal so he tells andre to negotiate that lease and that's where we come to right now and and now we're saying this again because all of this is saying is being said in front of Haley. you know so Haley is now hearing this and now she's like okay so word on the street is if this casino is coming over And it's trying to take the Kyle property. And Uncle Clifford got problems here. Now, she's already starting to launder some money. So who knows how much money she has put aside. Maybe she's pulling that money for future purposes of trying to get her hands on some of this land. Because we see how cunning she is already. We see that she's always putting her nose into business situations and trying to figure out a come up. Haley on some slick shit. She really is. And this is why I don't like her. I can't tell you why I don't like her because she's pretty. And normally I'd, I'd, I'd be like, yeah, she's fine. But there's something about her. It's just something about her that don't sit right with me. So we got Uncle Cliff outside talking to Mercedes about, you know, the rules. And Mercedes says, yo, I follow all of your rules. And when you're going to live by yours and start telling people about this club being, you know, actually going under, we just don't know. it. So the water's already in the boat. And everybody's still partying, and they can't figure out where the water's coming, why the water by their feet, so to speak, you know. Um, and I think that's a real moment because Uncle Clifford has given these girls so much. He's giving them these rules to live by, and if, if Mercedes is living by this, these rules and, and able to garner up 55 stacks, you know what I'm saying, um, for her gym, and then he's telling her that he's 55 stacks in the hole. It's crazy because we start looking at him like you're not living by your rules. But that's his OG. That's his his bottom bitch. And they they rock. So she's asking him how he's going to get out of this. And he says he'll find a way to do it. And he walks off. Uncle Clifford, once again, taking on the problems. I'm not going to share any of my problems with y'all. I'm going to figure this out on my own. But if y'all got problems, y'all can come to me, which leads us to the last scene of this episode. And. I'm going to say it sets up a lot because Haley goes to cash out after her big night in the room back there with uh, Corbin and Andre. And of course, Mercedes is mad. She ain't had to do nothing but sit up there and be light skin. Uncle Cliff's like, yeah, Yo, you still ain't got this ID to work here. Remember? So she gives him an ID, of course, and he realizes it's fake because he shoots her with a test question and it's, it's fake. And he knows that, she knows that. So now he's got something on her. You got a little regular here that I need to get information from about what's going down up in there, you know, the the room, so to speak. So he presses her. You're not getting this back until um, you get me the information that I need from this guy. He said, you got two sets of lips. I don't care which set you use to get the information from him. So he's saying blackmail. Screw them, do whatever you got to do. You're going to get this. All right. And you're going to bring me this information back or you not getting your ID. I think that is honestly the most important thing in the whole scene. I mean, uh scene in the whole show here, besides Patrice and them. Patrice is a whole different story. Y'all we will get to that. But I mean, within moments, Haley is on the phone and she got him out his drawers. She had her drawers. They having a little talk. And um, I thought it was funny. I thought it was funny. I thought how they ended that, you know, with that little shot of him, you know, finished all over his chest. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> but Haley did what she could. And once again, we talked about this in the last episode. We talked about how Haley gets away with that beauty. You know what I'm saying? She uses her beauty to her advantage. She definitely did. All right, so that's them. And now we still got to talk about Patrice sitting on the porch waiting for Mercedes. And Mercedes says, yo, I'm going to need them, them 20 stacks. I'll let you hold at the end of the week because I got, I got stuff to get. I got to get this business. And that's when we find out that she stashed that money in the church's bank account so they could get the loan and she could have a place to put her money. So there you go. Patrice is out here pretty much pimping her daughter to the church. And then she has the nerve to call it little coins, y'all. Like, I'm being kind of just spacing out because ain't that the most aggravating thing ever? You going to loan somebody some money and they're going to tell you, oh, you want your little change back now. That's the little change you ain't have yesterday. Don't you ever in your life come at me like, you know what I'm saying? You want your little change back now. Yeah, I want my little change back. Man. I understood that all too well because I know I've loaned some people some money once before. And they'd be like, man, I'm going to give you a little dollars back Lil? little. You better not put a little on the front of nothing that belonged to me, especially not if I had to loan it to you because you ain't had a little in the first place. So there we go. That is the, the breakdown of episode two. There's a lot going on and then it builds and it builds and it builds. I'm about to get right into episode three because, like I said, I'm, I'm late to this game so I can binge watch everything. Y'all come back come back so we can talk about episode three. If you have questions, there's a link below that you can shoot me things. If you want to discuss something, I don't care how late this is discuss it. If you peep something already, get at me, we can talk about it. Um, this is, this is my show. Now I'm gonna tell you once again, shout out to the wife for actually making me sit down and watch this one night. Cause I had no intentions to ever watch this show, nor would I have come across this show. Um, but yeah. Sat me down one night and was like, oh, we're going to watch this. you got to see it. i seen episode one. You're you going to like this. I'm not going to like this show. Oh, my God. And uh, probably by 10 minutes into episode one, I was like, oh, wait, 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 wait. I got to go back. <laughs> so shout out to everybody who's watching P-Valley. Let's talk about it. Let's definitely talk about it. We got plenty of time. I got plenty of time. Let's go. So I want to thank y'all once again for checking in with your boy and listening to another episode of a truly candid podcast. And this is the P Valley series of the podcast. It's going to have its own little series. I'm I'm invested. Can't tell you. I got just so much time to myself in my hands right now. So uh, on my hands, so I, I can, I can do whatever. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to do whatever. So, all right, until next time, be safe out there, get to where you're going safely. Enjoy yourself. Live, laugh, love.